Let's go ahead and read the passage, just a couple of verses, verse 15 through 21, Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21. The story here is uh, Joseph with his brothers. Uh, Jacob has already passed now, and the brothers think that Joseph's going to uh, seek retribution for what they did to him by selling him. And Joseph uh, reminds them that it, uh, it's all God. I want you to look at verse 15 now, Genesis 50, verse 15. It says, when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they uh, said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all evil, which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when uh, they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Verse number 20 is the text tonight. It says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And this is an unusual phrase I want you to notice tonight, but it says to bring to pass. And that's the phrase tonight, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear you not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly uh, unto them. Heavenly Father, would you bless the reading of your word? And now, Lord, as we speak it, I ask you again for the power of the Holy Spirit and give your direction as far as things are to be said. And uh, Lord, again, would you again speak to people's hearts tonight? Lord, thank you again that you have a plan. Lord, help us not to miss it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week, I would encourage you to get online and listen to the messages. Brother Martin preached in the college as well as chapel services this week, and he preached a couple of good, good messages. Um, again, some were about Joseph and different characters, Samson and that, and um, kind of goes along with what we're going to talk about tonight. Just really, the story of Joseph is a very familiar one. I don't know how you are, but uh, to me, there's only a few passages of Scripture that I feel like that I can be in the passage when you're reading it. I don't know how you are, but Joseph is one of those passages. There's something about when you start reading in chapter 37, Joseph's 17 years old, and he's taking care of his father's uh, sheep, and of course he goes to see his brethren. And you, there's something about being in the story. Uh, his brothers say, here comes the dreamer, and of course they take him, cast him into a pit. He's sold for 20 pieces of silver. He goes into Egypt. You skip a chapter, I think it picks it back up in chapter 38 uh, and 39 there, chapter 39, and it gets picked back up, and then you find Joseph being sold to Potiphar as a slave. Uh, of course, he's lied about by Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison. He's there for whatever X amount of years. The butler and baker come along. Um, I mean, you, just, you, kinda just, you kinda walk through the story and it's just neat to see, I mean, the Lord doesn't give us too many characters where he tells us that much detail about a person. So here we get to the end, all right? So we're at the end of the story. Obviously, jo Joseph is the one that God used to save Egypt and the surrounding communities. Uh, seven years of, of plenty and, not, and then seven years of famine. And I might want to remind you that you might think about that concept right now. But anyway, um, back to the story. Uh, you understand that here he comes down to the end. Are you all okay tonight? All right, good. All right, just... Just making sure uh, that you're there. But anyway, Joseph here, uh, he comes and he buries his father. He comes back and his brothers say, hey, listen, we're afraid you're going to do something to us. We just want you to know dad said not to. All right. And uh, obviously we have no recording of that. But, but Joseph makes this statement in this passage in verse number 20. And here's what I want you to read it one more time. He says in verse 20, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And we hear a lot of messages on that. You know, what, what seemingly was meant for bad, God means for good. But look at his next statement. He says in verse 20, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. Now, just, I mean, here's what I want you to think for just a moment here. Joseph did not lose sight that everything that happened in his life was for a plan and a purpose to bring to pass. 
That's what he's telling his brothers. He said, fellas, you didn't, you didn't bring me here. God brought me here. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. In other words, there was no accident in the plan of Joseph's life. And by the way, Joseph never lost sight of that either. But you think about all the things that Joseph went through, okay? Joseph went through all of these things that took him from the pit uh, to uh, Potiphar's house to prison and finally to the palace. And he ends up as the governor of Egypt, all right? And all of his dreams come true, all right? Don't you like happy endings? All right, Joseph was a happy ending, okay? And so Joseph, telling his brothers, he says, and it came to pass. In other words, this happened just like God wanted it to happen. Now, tonight's message and thought is simply this, and I want you to think, think with me tonight. Your life is about it coming to pass. That's what your life's about. You know, we don't know that the Lord might take us tonight, whether it's by rapture or by death. We don't know that, but it will come to pass, okay? And God has a plan to bring it to pass, all right? I was thinking about our building here, uh, this particular building, when I was talking about uh, preparing this message. And uh, it's interesting. Now, this, they're stained, okay? It's probably coffee on the front of that. You know, these guys that are building like to drink coffee. All right, so anyway, this plan here is an architectural plan of this particular building that you're standing in right here, okay? This listing right here is every page in this architectural plan, all right? So in this architectural plan, there is going to be, let me turn this back a little bit, there's going to be a page with cover sheet, the foundation plan. There's a page for the foundation notes, there's a foundation details, there's one for the second floor framing, the first floor plan, the second floor plan, a room and door schedule, uh, elevations, there's a sheet for building sections, there's a sheet for corridors, there's a sheet for wall sections, there's a sheet for the reflective ceiling plan, uh, for the first floor mechanical plan, the second floor mechanical plan, mechanical notes, first floor, every one of these pages, if you've done any type of building, you understand that every one of these pages is a particular portion of this particular building. Now, watch, think for just a second here. This building that we're sitting in here tonight, it came to pass. I'm going to tell you why it came to pass. Because somebody, first of all, had a drawing that they put together, and then that drawing, one page at a time, was important. Uh, it's, it's like... Uh, you know, it's like a person building a house. When they build a house, they figure out where the furnace is going to go, where the ductwork's going to go, where the vents are going to go so they can hit every room. All of that's figured out ahead of time so that it can come to pass. Now, I want to tell you, your life is more detailed than a house or a church building that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You are not here tonight by accident. Amen. You're not here by... This particular day in your life is not, going to, is not an accident. In other words, God has a plan that is going to come to pass that he wants you to The, the fellow singing tonight, what more of an appropriate song than what we're talking about? And if it's going to come to pass, it's going to be like God wants in your life. That's what you have to say here, mine. You have to do God's will for your life. Church, let me think for a second here. If Joseph would not have had the right uh, relationship with God and, and, and thinking about God, he would have given up. He would never end up as governor of Egypt. I mean, all he had to do was go ahead. He's away from his family, away from his parents. He's away from everybody. He could have been immoral with Potiphar's wife, but that one sin, that one decision would have taken him off the path that God would have had for him so that it should come to pass. Listen, I don't know what God's plan is for your life. I wish, I wish in those cases, sometimes I wish the Lord would just tell us, this is what I want you to do, and this is going to be about 20 years down the road, and this is what I need you to do until you get there, okay? But God doesn't do that. You know why? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. So it's not a matter of I know where I'm going to end up. I have to take tomorrow's step correctly in order to make sure I'm going in the right direction so that it can come to pass. David Smith's going to Kenya, Africa, all right? 
David, was, David grew up here. David had several steps in his life. Now listen to me. I'm talking to you as his pastor this, this evening. There were several steps in David's life that if he would not have taken right, it would not come to pass. Wouldn't come to pass. Do you understand that your life, uh, you say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm just the layman in the church. You're not just, you're in God's will for your life, which makes it pretty important. Uh, Pastor, I'm just, I'm just a, a woman or a lady, a lady in the church. You're not just a woman or a lady in the church. You're a human soul that God made for a particular purpose that will come to pass. But it's not going to come to pass unless you do what Joseph did in order for it to come to pass. Now, I want to just look at Joseph's life real briefly tonight. And I want to just point out some things that in Joseph's life, that because he did these things, it came to pass. It came to pass. You know, we look at big things as big buildings, big days, Sometimes even big people. But do you understand? I'm not talking about the size of a person again, but <laughs> it's a rough night. I'm really sorry. I don't know why. You know what the problem is? I'm dieting. That's the problem. Food is on my mind all the time right now. It's just been really rough. I've done this. I asked my wife, I said, how long have I, done, have I ever done a diet? She says, you only do it for one week. That's what she told me. You talk about no faith in your husband. That's what she said. I proved her wrong. I've gone two weeks. I'm ready to gorge myself right now. Now, so you're not big people, it's me. Okay, so anyway, um, but what I'm trying to say is, is that you don't know what God's trying to do, but he is leading you a direction in your life. And can I tell you something? God's will is important no matter what you do, as long as it's God's will for your life. I think it's wonderful to pastor the Heritage Baptist Church, and you are wonderful people, and I'm thankful the Lord brought me here. But can I tell you something? Your life is just as important as my life is as far as doing the will of God so that it comes to pass. You know, I sat behind those four guys a moment ago, and those four guys were a really representation of the youth that's growing up in our church. And it, the only way it's going to come to pass is if you do what, jo what you do what Joseph did. All right, now quickly, I want to look through these things together. And I know it's, uh, again, take just a few moments, and I only have uh, more than three points tonight. But I just want to go through several things with you. But I want to tell you, what did Joseph do in order for it to come to pass? For Joseph to be the governor of Egypt, for Joseph to save both Egypt and Canaan land, for Joseph to be able to re rebuild the relationship with his family. All of those things came to pass because of some things that Joseph did. All right, quickly, let's look at them tonight. Genesis 37 is the first one. Look at Genesis 37, and here's what he says. Uh, Genesis 37, let's pick it up verse number 2. 37, verse number 2, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Z uh, Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah and the father, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel, that's Jacob, now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. Now church family... I'm not going to teach tonight on this idea of favoritism, but you shouldn't have favoritism in the home, all right? Favoritism in the home causes all kinds of problems, okay? Any way you look at it, you, you can't have a favorite, okay? Now, pastor can, but nobody else. Nobody else can have a favorite, all right? Now, I have eight children, okay? And to be honest with you, I love all my children the same. I, I don't think I really have a favorite. Do I have a favorite, dear? Okay, you don't know that I have a favorite, all right? I don't think I have a favorite. But we, we, I do, our, in our home, we try to do our best. What we do for one, we do for everybody because you don't want to show favoritism. And we're going to teach on that tonight. But here's what I do want you to understand, fellas. In order for Joseph to be able for it to come to pass in his life, he had to have a good relationship with his father. Now, his father, the Bible said, loved him more than any others. Now, church, let me think for a second here. He didn't have a good relationship with the rest of his brothers. Watch this, though. But his relationship with the rest of his brothers did not hinder it coming to pass. 
His relationship with his father, if he would not have a good relationship with Jacob, with Israel, if Joseph would not have had a good relationship with his father, it would not have come to pass. Listen, I know that tomorrow morning you got school. I know that tonight is your church and you're going to go right on to the next thing. And sometimes you feel like you're living a boring life. I want to tell you something. You're living a very colorful and exciting life because it's on a path to God's will for your life. Amen. And if it's going to come to pass, you've got to have a good relationship with your parents. Isn't it interesting? Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 2. Of course, verse number 1, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Ephesians 6, verse number 2. Honor thy father and mother. What's the rest of the verse say? For it's the first commandment with promise. What's God talking about in Ephesians 6, verse number 2? The first commandment with promise is referring to the Ten Commandments. Hey, he didn't say thou shalt not kill and if you don't, no one's going to kill you. He didn't say thou shalt not covet and if you don't covet, no one's going to covet you. But he did say, honor your father and mother, and I'll promise you, you're going to live a long life on this earth. It's the first commandment with promise. Now think about it. It's the only commandment with a promise. Hey, God holds it as a very important thing in your life for you to have a good relationship with your mom and dad. It's not the old man. She's not the old woman. They're not the fuddy-duddies. They're not the ones that don't know what's going on. You know Young person, you ought to be, I don't know if you are, but you ought to be smart enough to figure out they've already lived the life that you're living right now. That means at one time they were 14 and they were 16 and they were 18. So in other words, they have already figured out what's wrong. You haven't gotten there yet. It would be in, it's, in, it's, it's on your benefit and your behalf to ask your mom and dad, hey, I've never walked this road before. What do you think? Okay, only one person agrees with me. All right, good. Joseph had a good relationship with his parents. And church, I mean, by the way, if you walk through some of jo Joseph's kids, they didn't have a good relationship. Reuben committed immorality with, with, his, with Jacob's own, uh, own wife. Uh, you're going to find out that Levi and Simeon were called instruments of cruelty because they destroyed an entire city without their father's approval. They, they didn't have a good relationship with their parents. In fact, the rest of the kids lie about Joseph being dead. Joseph was the only one that the Bible very clearly says his father loved him so much he made him a special coat, a coat of many colors. Some of you kids ought to be thankful they don't, your parents don't give you one of those coats. Okay. Hey, you ought to have a good relationship with your mom and dad. You ought to obey him. I'm talking about your parents. You ought to obey your parents. You ought to honor your parents. You ought to help your parents. You ought to serve your parents. You ought to speak well of your parents. You ought to introduce your parents. Let someone tell you something. If you are so proud that you can't introduce your parents to somebody... There's something wrong with you. Right. Well, my parents are old. Well, you're going to get there one day, maybe. <laughs> I want to tell you something, children, young people tonight. That you, ought to, you ought to give your parents a hug. There's nothing wrong with you kissing your parents on the cheek. Now, listen, I, you, you, if you do it in your family, that's fine, okay? We, we don't kiss our kids on the lips, okay? Kiss them on the cheek. They kiss us on the cheek. It's a little weird if you ask me, but anyway. Um, so... It's a lot weird, but anyway, what I'm just trying to say is that you ought to have a relationship. You know, there's probably some of you kids in here, you don't, you don't, you're not affectionate, and you don't give your parents a hug. I want to tell you something, whether your parents are affectionate or not, they want you to hug them. Amen. And if they say, they, that, that if they tell you they don't want to hug, you come tell me, I'll tell your parents they're wrong. Amen. There ought to, you ought to know that, you, that your parents love you, and you ought to show that love back to them. 
By the way, young people, you already have enough time because the authority figure in your life is your mom and dad, and they're the ones that have to tell you to get up. They're the ones that tell you to make your bed. They're the, they're, they're the ones that tell you to stop fighting with your brothers and sisters. And so you hear this reprimand all your life, and if you're not careful, oh, younger years, you're hearing this reprimand, and if you're not careful, you will have an attitude toward the very one that God said you better honor them because that's what's going to cause you to live a long time. Amen. You better honor them. So anyway, the first thing I see is if it's ever going to come to pass as far as what God wants to do with you in a great way, because every will of God is a great thing. If it's going to happen, you must have a good relationship with your parents. Now listen, I have to go on to the next thing tonight because there's more here. But I just want you to understand tonight, children, you don't understand how important that is. You don't understand how important that is. I wish this was the only point tonight. I wish this was the only thing we talked about tonight. Samson never got to it where what the Bible's talking about. It came to pass. He never got to what God wanted for in his life. And you know where it started? His mom and dad said, can't you find another girl to like except the Philistine? I don't care. I want her. Bring her to me. You know what happened? He didn't have a good relationship with his parents. His parents said, that's not the one. The relationship with your parents is of utmost importance. And God, of course, is the one that made it that way. Number two, look at your Bible again. Genesis chapter 39. Look at verse number two, Genesis 39, verse number two. The Bible says, first phrase, Genesis 39, verse number two, and the Lord was what? With Joseph, all right? Verse number three, and his master saw what? That the Lord was with him. Look down at verse number 21, first phrase, Genesis 39, verse 21, and the Lord was what? Was with Joseph. And then in verse number 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under, done, that was under his hand, to want Joseph's hand. Why? Because the Lord was what? The Lord was with him. Listen, if it's going to come to pass, you've got to have God. <laughs> Church for me, you know, I, I think sometimes we just live our life and we, we almost live to exist instead of understanding that I'm on a course. I'm not living to exist. I'm going somewhere. You say, Pastor, I'm 60 years old. I'm 70 years old. doesn't matter. You know, the one thing I like about Mrs. Compton, and I do tease, I don't mind teasing from the pulpit. She, we were her, her and I tease back and forth. But, you know, the one thing I like about Mrs. Compton is she's got purpose. At 89 years old, she's got purpose. And there's some teenagers, you, some of you teenagers in here, you don't have any purpose. About the only purpose you have is trying to get a high score on a video game. Does that compute how stupid that sounds? I've got the quickest thumbs. Do you use thumbs for the video games anymore? Is it thumbs that they use? Is it a joystick that they use? I don't know what they use. What do they use? Is it thumbs? Is it thumbs? I've got the quickest thumbs in the West. See that thumb? Hey, why don't you be known for, I can put a thousand John Romans out and get them out to a community because I come in and staple and put them together. You know, again, it goes back to if, if you're going to make it to what God wants for your life, then the Lord's going to have to be with you. And how is that going to happen? How's the Lord be with you? Number one, you've got to be saved. The second thing is, draw nigh to God and he will. You have to have a walk with him. Amen. Young people look at me tonight. I know this whole message is not to you, but to be honest with you, you're the ones that got the most years here. If God tarries his coming and he lets you live, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. You know, Stephen, he'd like to get his driver's license, okay? Okay, so I have some precautions on that, okay? Where's that? Stephen's over here. Okay, so how old are you, 15 now? 
All right, so he really bad wants to get his permit. And he almost asked me on a regular basis, Dad, would you please call the driving school and get me set up, okay? If I didn't like the driving school, I would have already done it by now, all right? But, but I have not called the driving school yet, okay? But I'm going to, okay? Because somebody else needs to be in a car with him first before I want to be in a car with him, okay? <laughs> Now, I know he is going to get his license, but to be honest with you, I don't see it anyway, but I don't know how, but he is going to get his license. You know why? Because it's going to come to pass. And the way it's going to come to pass, he's going to go to a driving school first, and he's going to sit in eight hours, whatever it is, of, of, of training inside of a classroom, and then they're going to take him driving for six, eight hours, whatever it is. And then after that, I'm going to get in a vehicle with him, and he's going to be in the driver's seat, and my insurance is going to be paid up. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And I'm going to, I'm going to, he's going to drive. It's going to come to pass, all right? I know it's going to come to pass. Can I tell you, your life is, this, is, is similar to that, okay? Because you don't see how it's going to happen. But you don't have to see how it's going to happen. You just have to make sure you have God with you. And if you have God with you, take one step at a time. Do you understand? Everything in Joseph's life was about God. Think about it. He, Potiphar says, Potiphar, sorry, Potiphar's wife, oh, lie with me. You know the first statement out of his mouth? How can I do, and do this and sin, and sin and do this great wickedness against God? Before, she ever, before he ever mentioned her husband, he said, I can't do it because there's a God. The butler and the baker, remember they were in prison together? Isn't it interesting? He comes in, he finds the butler and baker, and they're all sad and gloomy. And Joseph, he says, what's wrong? He said, well, he had these drinks. First statement out of Joseph's mouth. Don't interpretations belong to God? You know, Joseph had the presence of God in his life. You guys that are 15 and 16 and 17-year-old, you know what ought to shine? What ought to shine in you is not your looks. What ought to shine in you is the, the character, what God's doing in your life. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. We cannot help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And it is a red flag, big evidence, that every time you get around people, the only thing you talk about is movies and video games. When's the last time you talk about something, about getting something on your devotions? Well, if I talk about getting something on my devotions, you know, they might think I'm crazy. No, they might think you're spiritual. They might think there's something more important in your life than a video game if you talked about something that was spiritual. All right? So, again, I see that the reason it came to pass in Joseph's life and God used him as he did was, number one, he had a good relationship with his father. Second of all is Joseph had the Lord with him. Third of all, look at your Bible again. Genesis 39, look at verse number 4. Genesis 39 and verse number 4. It says this, and Joseph found grace in his sight. Joseph's finding grace in Potiphar, the, his, the person he's ser serving. He's a slave right now. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he, what's the word? Served him. Interesting enough, Genesis chapter 40, verse number 4. Genesis 40, verse number 4. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. It was the butler and the baker. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he what? Served them. And they continued a season in war. Now, church, I know I don't have a big timeline up here, but if we could in our imagination think about that this is Joseph over here. He's grown up in a home. The first time we have his age is in Genesis 37, I think verse 2 through 4 there. It talks about him being 17 years of age, okay? The next time we find his age, uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis 40, I think it's verse 41 maybe, but the next time we have his age, he's 30 years old, all right? So 17 here. He's 30 years old as the governor of Egypt over here. How many years has passed? Okay, very, very good. You guys had math in school. All right, so 17 to 30. All right, so 13 years of his life has passed. What happened in those 13 years? We don't know exactly how many years of each, but we do know in 13 of those years, 
he's a slave for Potiphar. We do know that somewhere in those 13 years, he's kind of a prison guard. I mean, he's in prison, but he's taking care of prisoners, okay? We understand. That's 13 years of his life. That wasn't just a short portion. And then when he comes out on the other side, we find him serving Potiphar, serving the butler and baker, and now he's serving as a governor in Egypt. Can I tell you why it came to pass? Because he was a servant. You got to get this attitude out of you that you're the one that's most important. Everybody's got to serve you. There are some of you that are eight, nine, and ten years old. You still don't pick up anything from the table when you get done eating. You expect every, you expect maid service to come in and do that. There's still some of you young people that it's a big joke what pastor says at church that you make your bed and pick your dirty clothes up because nobody does it. You think mom's maid. I want to tell you something. If you can't serve at home, it ain't coming to pass. You better listen to that one. If you can't serve at the church, I'm going to tell you something. You walk by and you see something on the floor, you ought to pick it up. Amen. Janitor's going to do that. Church, and we don't have any full-time janitors. We have people who come here and serve. I want to tell you something. It's going to come to pass in your life. You have to have a servant's heart. You have to serve others. I find this proverb interesting. I'm going to give it to you. Proverbs 22, 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. The word business there means employment or ministry service. See that man diligent in his business. See a man diligent in his servanthood. See a man diligent, willing to help others. Guess what's going to happen? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Church family, where did Joseph end up standing before? Pharaoh. King of Egypt. You know how he ended up in front of Pharaoh, king of Egypt? Seest thou man diligent in his business. He was willing to serve Potiphar. He was willing to serve the butler and baker in prison. And that's what made him, can, remember what Pharaoh said? Can we find such a man? I want to tell you something, he's a servant. Are you a servant? You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 20. He said in verse 27, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So if it's going to come to pass, number one, you've got to have a good relationship with your father. Number two, if it's going to come to pass, you have to have, um, you have to have the Lord with you. If it's going to come to pass, you have to be a servant. Here's something else. Look at Genesis 39 again. Look at verse number 6. Genesis 39, verse number 6. It says, And he left all that he had, Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a what? Goodly person and well-favored. Goodly person. I want to tell you something. If it's going to come to pass, you've got to be good. You know why you have to be good? Because a good tree produces good fruit. You know, in our, in our life, there's, just, there's simply only two paths. It's called good and evil. Now, whichever path you go on is how it's either going to come to pass for you. There's several proverbs that go along with that. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous, good should be repaid. Evil pursueth sinners. To the righteous, good shall be repaid. Uh, Proverbs 11.31, Behold, the righteous shall, listen to this, Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. How much more? The wicked and the sinner. What's he saying? There's a righteous person who's going to be recompensed. There's a wicked person who's going to, and the sinner who's going to be recompensed. In other words, there's the path that you're on. If it's going to come to pass and you want it to come to pass good, then guess what? Do good. Young person, there's nobody in here that doesn't have sinful appetites because you have sinful flesh. 
That's because of Adam's nature. You have Adam's nature. We have Adam's nature, the Adamic nature. Young person, listen to me tonight. Tonight, I want you to think about not necessarily where you're going to be, but where you're at right now. Because listen to me, where you're at right now, are you listening? Where you're at right now is to determine where you're going to be. Why? Do good, good path. Do bad, bad path. So listen to me. Some of you think it's not a big deal to watch bad movies. It is a, bad, a big deal because bad path, bad to pass. Good path, good to pass. And it came to pass. Listen, listen. do you want to marry a good girl that's wholesome and clean and never been touched? Then you be wholesome and clean and never been touched. Do you want to one day be able to serve God and be pleasing unto him? then serve God now and be pleasing unto him. It's just a matter of, I'm going to reap what I sow. It's going to come to pass. How does it come to pass? Be a good person. All right, last but not least, all right? How's it going to come to pass? It's going to come to pass because, number one, a good relationship with my parents. Number two, because the Lord's with me. Number three, because I'm a servant. Number four, because I'm a good person. Number five, and last of all, look at, uh, oh, I, I, I don't, look, uh, go ahead and turn to it, I guess. Genesis 41, we're quick here. Genesis 41. And jump down to verse 46 is where I think was that. Genesis 41, 46, And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. In the seven years of plenty, I'm sorry, in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. In verse 51, And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. In verse number 52, And the name of the second called he Ephraim. Manasseh, of course, means forgetful. Ephraim means fruitful. Now, church, here's what I want you to think. Uh, for just a moment, I kind of already alluded to it. In this 13-year period that Joseph is in prison, Joseph is a slave, Joseph was patient. Can you imagine year after year after year after year after year after year going by and seemingly that there's no light at the end of the tunnel? But guess what? It came to pass. I'm going to tell you why it came to pass. Because he was patient. Because he was patient. And by the way, I know it can be a host of different things. I'm not married yet. I want to tell you something. You be faithful and be patient. Do right. I mean, be, be right. Do right. But just be patient. Trust the Lord. You know, um, everybody's lives are different. Uh, God's will is different for all of our lives. You know, when I uh, graduated from high school, I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do. I just know I wanted to be in ministry of some sort. So I went to Christian college so I could be a school teacher. I figured school teacher was still part of ministry, and God would give liberty to that. I felt like being a pastor was a calling of God. There's God's will and God's call, but I, I knew that. So God didn't call me to pastor, but I knew I still wanted to be in ministry, so I just took the next step. You know, some of you in here, you guys are graduating, and some of you are even in college. I know you don't know, and I didn't either. Does God want me to pastor? Does God want me to be a missionary? Does God want me in full-time Christian service? What does he want me to do? Listen to me now. Be patient. All you have to do is this. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to spend time in prayer. If I can, I'm going to try to witness to somebody. I'm going to make sure I do the things that are right. I'm going to put good things in so I can get good things out. And guess what? The next day, I'm going to get up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to witness to somebody. I'm going to do my best to put good things in so I can get good things out. I'm going to try to shun evil and the things that are wrong. To the next day, I'm going to get up, and I want to tell you something. Listen to me now. Before you know it, it's going to come to pass. Amen. It's going to come to pass.
going to come to pass. You know, David is in Panama and he looks back. David Smith is in the United States and he looks forward. Amen. David's already done deputation. David's already started a church. David is already, you know, I don't know if you caught what David said a few moments ago, but you know what David Deal is trying to do? He's trying to get all the preachers that are in Panama to help put a John Romans on every door in the country of Panama. Amen. That's what he's trying to do. He, how many John Romans did you, did you just get? How many? 200,000? So 200,000 John Romans, Spanish John Romans are sitting in our machine shed right now. 200,000, okay? David, now how many million are you going to need? All right, so over, just over a million. A million John Romans is what he's going to need, okay? But he has a goal in mind, okay? Now he's looking forward to that goal. It hasn't come to pass yet, okay? All of us are in different areas of our life of what's coming to pass in our life. So David Smith... He hasn't even, he's not in Kenya yet. He hasn't gone to language school. He hasn't started a church, but he looks to that. How is David Smith going to make it? He's going to leave and go on deputation. When are you leaving again? So he takes off again on Wednesday to go ahead to another church. And he's going to keep taking it a step at a time. Why? To get to a place where it comes to pass. David Deal is about to try to get up. John Romans on every door in the, in, in, in the country of Panama. How's that going to happen? He's going to start with 200,000 of them. And he's going to do his best to try to get a bunch of preachers on board that are there. And then he's going to print color covers. And he's going to try to get them. He's, he's, he's trying to ship over staplers and cutters so that he can do mercy and truth here to do over there. Now, church, let me think for just a moment here. When David Deal came here when he was 16 years old and graduated from high school and then went to college and then came on staff, seven, eight years, David, how long are you? Seven, eight? Years you were here on staff? He was involved in the printing ministry. Listen to me. David Deal had no idea that he was going to try to set up another mercy and truth in the country of Panama because he was never called to the country of Panama then. Do you see what God did, has done in David's life? It's all been one step at a time, and now he's going to Panama with 200,000 John Romans and cutters and staplers and to be able to put them together there to get them to put those... Where did he get the idea of putting a John Romans, or as we would call it, a track on every door in the state of Kansas? It was because of a step in David's life that, that David was taking so it to come to pass. Now listen, I don't know God's will for your life, but I know for sure one thing. God wants it to come to pass. Young people, let me repeat myself and I'm done. It will not come to pass. It will not come to pass if you don't have a good relationship with your parents. It will not come to pass if you're not having a walk with God, the Lord's not with you. It will not come to pass if you don't have a servant's heart. It will not come to pass if you're not doing good and not a good person. And it will not come to pass if you're not willing to be patient and just wait on the Lord. Not going to Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Church family, I... I um, I desire to see the church started in Topeka, but I already know, I think I know, I, I believe I already know the second place the Lord wants to start a church. And I'm not going to tell you, so don't even ask. All right? I've already measured mileage out and know exactly what I think the Lord's doing. But church family, I don't have to worry about the second place. I have to take steps for the first place. Why? Because it's going to come to pass. 
You don't have to worry about who you're going to marry, what college I'm going to go to, what ministry I'm going to be involved in. If ever, you don't have to worry about that. It will come to pass if you just simply do what Joseph did. Amen. It's real simple. The Lord made it simple. Now, we that are older, if you're breathing, God still has something that he wants to come to pass. Because if that was not the case, he would have taken you home already. So you know what I need to do? I need to get up tomorrow morning and have my devotions. You know what I need to do? I need to be conscious of people who are not saved. You know what I need to do? I need to give so I can send missionaries around the world. All the things that I can do at my age, that's what I need to be doing so it can come to pass. Let God use you and don't miss God's will for your life. You know, the biggest heartbreak for a parent is when a child goes wayward. That's the biggest heartbreak. You know, I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm careful how I say it, but I want to say it. Let me say it this way. I had a pastor that I was close to, and his son went wayward. He was a preacher, and his son went wayward, and it tore him to pieces. And I mean, and there's nothing I could do. He's older than I am, but there's nothing I could do. His son had gone wayward. And I'll never forget, and I don't think I ever will. He said, he said Brother Scott, he said, it would have been easier for my son to die than for me to live every day of my life knowing he's not in the will of God. He said, there would have at least been closure. He said, every day of my life, it's an open wound. I am brokenhearted every day of my life. Young people, I, I guarantee you that's how, that's how I would feel. I guarantee you that's how your parents feel. You want it to come to pass. Then do what Joseph did. Would you buy a hand